Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Rowan is solo here for the final hour, taking you up until 4 p.m. Eastern, as we do each and every single day. If you can't listen live, don't worry. You can hear it on demand anytime you want. Just go to podcast, search Scout Fantasy Sports, hit subscribe, and you'll be notified whenever a new episode is uploaded. And it's usually right after the show. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis. You can find me on Instagram at Aaron88. And of course, you can find all my work at scoutfantasysports.com. Where if you enter the promo code BATS50, you can get 50% off your first two months. As we have a ton of content, uh, I just reviewed a Scout 44 draft. And it will be posted hopefully sometime today, if not tomorrow. Uh, And if you want to jump in a draft right now, there's two leagues open at playffwc.com. Where there's a Beat Adam Ronis Scout 44. What that is, it's $44 entry fee. And all you do is you draft your team. 12 teams, 44 rounds, that's it. And then set your lineup each week. No waiver wire moves, no trades, and it ends a little bit earlier, September 1st. So this way, if you win some money, you can maybe take that money and put it towards a high-stakes fantasy football league. So I've already completed one. Uh, This is the second one set up, uh, and there's a beat Dr. Otto 88 draft where it's a little bit more, 88 bucks. Uh, six spots remaining in that one. Again, same premise. Just set your lineup each week. That's it. So it's really good practice. And at least the first one I was in, the draft flew by. So I had pick 11 in that one. So you can uh, get my review of the draft and see all the players I took uh, on ScoutFantasySports.com. Part of our draft kit, Dr. Otto continues his team in a nutshell previews today, looking at the Cincinnati Reds. Sean Childs has completed all his team outlooks going in-depth, going very deep. So you can check that out as well. He has his uh, player projections and scout scores cheat sheet. That is up. My rankings are posted, and they're updated frequently, pretty much daily. Uh, Obviously, things change. There's some injuries. You might see something that stands out, or sometimes I'll go through a draft like I'm doing now with the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational, kind of look at my rankings and go, wait a second, I have this guy ranked higher. That's not what I wanted. So, you know, always sweeping through them continuously to reflect how I would draft my team uh, because that's exactly – Uh, how I put the rankings, uh, how I would draft. Maybe not the complete order, because sometimes uh, I would uh, take, uh, you know, someone to a couple spots below. So, uh, you know, if they're in the same tier, then I take them. Uh, So that's what I do there. Uh, You can also check out all my articles as well. I have an article on a breakout pitcher who I think is – going at a pretty good price now. I'm afraid the price will rise a little bit, but you can read that article, find out who it is. Also, someone who's going after round 15 on the offensive side who I think is going to break out, as well as a ton of other articles on players 
changing teams and what it means for their fantasy value, like Yasiel Puig and Sonny Gray, Nelson Cruz, A.J. Pollock, Yasmani Grandal, and a lot, lot more. Also, look at Jesus Aguiar. Can he continue his breakout? So there's a ton of content in the Fantasy Baseball Draft Kit. A lot more to come as well. Our preseason pro picks where we go over our sleepers, bounce back players, busts, stash and cash. Uh, I know mine should be out next week. So uh, you can also ask your questions on the message boards and forums anytime you want. So we got a lot of ways to cover you. And if you use the promo code BATS50, get 50% off your first two months. And uh, ScoutDFS.com as well. NBA is back. We got the optimizer in the Slack chat leading up to live block NHL as well. We mentioned Steve Renner of Scout DFS won 36K last week. Uh, PGA and, of course, MLB upcoming in addition to VegasWhispers.com for your sports betting needs. So plenty of ways to win money and ways to play fantasy baseball. So make sure you check us out. Let's take a look at some of the top news going on in baseball right now. Uh, people are, are freaking out right now about Clayton Kershaw. And he was already someone that was going pretty cheap in drafts, uh, third round, which we're not used to seeing. He's generally been a first-round pick over the last couple of years. But he had some injuries last year, uh, and he hasn't thrown over 175 innings the last three years. So there were definitely concerns. Uh, but then we found out the other day that, you know, he didn't feel well uh, throwing. And they had to, uh, you know, scratch him. And he was dealing with – now we're hearing with some shoulder soreness in that left shoulder. So – they're trying to take it easy with him, and uh, we should know more here over the next few days, whether he's able to throw a bullpen session. You know, they haven't expressed any major concerns, but fantasy owners certainly have because he is falling down draft boards. Um, and in my great fantasy baseball invitational, Clayton Kershaw is still on the board in round six. So this is a league where a lot of people won. And, uh, uh, you know, people won their leagues last year, and no one wants to touch Clayton Kershaw. I'm thinking he goes in round six. It's not going to be me that takes him, but uh, you can understand why there's concern. Uh, he just has had problems staying healthy the last couple years. He's had a back injury, and we know that these backs sometimes can tend to linger and affect other parts of the body. So it's it's risky to take him certainly in the first three, four rounds. I guess round six, round seven is where you start to think about him, but I can't I can't do it. Uh, I just feel like there's concerns of how many innings he's going to throw, and the Dodgers can take it easy with him. They have a deep starting rotation, and the goal for them is to get him to the playoffs when they really need him. And, yes, you could say, well, 160 innings at Kershaw could be valuable, but – we have seen the performance start to slip a little bit. Not that the numbers weren't good last year. You know, he had a two seven three ERA, but uh, we saw a loss of velocity on the fastball. So I'm definitely concerned. He's been pushed down my rankings. I didn't have him high to begin with, uh, but you can check the updated rank of where I have Kershaw right now. And, uh, you know, he just gave up a lot more hard contact last year as well. So I think there's definitely legitimate concerns with him. The Yankees signed Aaron Hicks to a seven-year, $70 million contract extension, which is definitely a good price. I know some people will say, well, Aaron Hicks hasn't shown the ability to stay healthy. But I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Hicks. Uh, I liked what I saw last year. He was someone that I took in a lot of leagues last year, and he produced. He's 29 years old, likely to hit leadoff often in this Yankees lineup, which will certainly help him in the runs department. You know, he did hit more in the middle of the order last year. So if he does hit leadoff, it could hurt his RBI total a little bit. But I, I think they can 
mix and match. He's certainly uh, good in OBP leagues. Always had a good walk rate last year. It was 15.5%. He had a 366 OBP. He batted 248 last year. Uh, so that's the one thing from him is we kind of have seen the average be a little bit low. Uh, but I, I think he can hit better than that. He had 27 homers, 79 RBIs, 90 runs scored, 11 steals in 137 games last year. And he's a guy that is going rounds nine, round 10. So you get a little pop, you get some speed and a really good lineup. And, you know, he hits the ball really hard, hits line drive. So I still think you could see an uptick in the average, but he's in a good spot. Certainly someone that I like in drafts. He's obviously a little bit more expensive than last year, but uh, like Aaron Hicks this year, once again, uh, Sonny Gray has been dealing with an elbow injury. He played catch yesterday. They're saying he's progressing, but they don't have a timetable for his return. So he was supposed to start over the weekend, and they scratched him due to right elbow soreness. So a little bit of a concern there. And Sonny Gray was someone that, that I liked in drafts because he was going very cheap. And, you know, people remember what he did last year with the Yankees where he struggled. And a lot of that was pitching at Yankee Stadium where he just didn't put up good numbers. He was really good on the road. So going to Cincinnati – which is a tough park to pitch in. Uh, it is an offensive ballpark, but Sonny Gray is a guy that keeps the ball on the ground. He's back with his college pitching coach. So I thought he's a nice rebound candidate. Uh, you know, he's a guy that doesn't allow a lot of fly balls and just got victimized uh, at Yankee Stadium. And, you know, that can happen. It can get into your head mentally. You try to be too fine. And that, that might have been the case with Sonny Gray last year. So, you know, obviously not someone I'm going to reach for at this point. Uh, I still do like him, but you know you got to back off just a little bit because of uh, this injury, and I need to see uh, when he can get back on the mound. Something that hasn't really been talked about uh, is Marcelo Zuna. Uh, he's de- coming off shoulder surgery, and he has yet to play the field, and they're not sure uh, when he's going to be able to throw. So uh, they want to, they think that he's going to be ready to go for opening day, but. It's not clear at this point, and Ozuna's a guy that's going around six, seven. So for me, really tough to take him at this point. You know, I think he could have a good year, but the fact that he's not ready to play yet, uh, coming off this shoulder surgery, is a little bit of a concern for me. So I'll push him down the draft board just a little bit for now. Jimmy Nelson, uh, he hasn't thrown for three days. He had some minor discomfort. He's coming off a shoulder injury. Uh, they're saying that it's arm fatigue and that it's not related to his shoulder, but certainly something to keep an eye on. You know, he missed all of last year after having shoulder surgery. And I think people are excited to see him back on the mound because we saw him take some uh, steps up two years ago. And, uh, you know, the innings are going to be the question mark for him this year uh, because he missed the entire season and not the best start for him. You know, he did throw 175 plus innings in 2016 uh, through 2015 to, through 2017, we saw a big jump up in the strikeout rate in 2017. He had a 3.49 ERA that year, and uh, certainly was on a, a good pace before going down with that shoulder injury. Uh, someone that you can get pretty late in drafts, uh, but obviously there's some risk there with the innings coming off the shoulder surgery and not the ideal start for him. Probably, it's it's hard to project him for more than 120, 125 innings. You, you got to figure they're going to take it easy with him. Maybe he has a DL stint as well. So just something to keep an eye on, but someone that you're looking at late in your draft. Uh, Jung Ho Gong, uh, he had a really good day on Sunday. 
Uh, he had two solo home runs. Now, again, you got to be careful. you got to look at who they came off of and what were the pitchers throwing. You know, a lot of times pitchers are just working on things now, and they're not going to throw a lot of fastballs. Maybe they're working on the off-speed stuff. So you got to be very careful of these stats. He did hit a home run off Trevor Richards of the Marlins and then uh, Hector Noesi in the fourth. But Gong is definitely someone to keep an eye on. Uh, he obviously has not done much the last two years and was in trouble and out of the country, but we've seen the power from him a couple years ago. I think it was 21 homers in 103 games. So someone that's going very late in drafts. In fact, in that scout 44 I told you about, I took him in the final round, uh, round 44. So obviously I really don't need him. If he does come out there, produce and show the power that he did a couple years ago. Great. Um, so definitely more in the draft champions leagues. I don't know if you'll see him go on a 15-team, 30-round draft. Maybe if he has a good spring uh, and continues to hit, maybe people will start to take him in uh, one of the final reserve rounds. The guy who's making a lot of noise right now and is Byron Buxton. Uh, Byron Buxton has been on a tear so far here in the spring. Another good day today. So far this spring, Byron Buxton is 5-for-5 five five with two home runs and 10 RBIs. And Byron Buxton burned a lot of people last year. And I was fortunate that everyone else was so high on him because it prevented me from getting him. I mean, Buxton was going in the third round consistently in 15-team leagues last year. And because of that, I stayed away. You know, I did want to get at least one share, but the price was way too high. And I think it's a good lesson to learn that sometimes you get priced out on players. No matter how much you like someone, there comes a point where you say it's just too expensive and it's not worth it. And it's a lesson that you have to know and utilize across all fantasy sports because you don't want to get burned. But I am encouraged by Buxton, and this is the one benefit of doing early drafts. I was able to get Buxton in a draft Champions League round 12, round 13. And I don't think that's a, an expensive price to pay. You know, in that round, there's going to be a lot of guys that just don't pan out, whereas Buxton, we know has the ability to pan out. We saw it two years ago where he had 16 homers and 29 steals. This is a, a, a prospect that was regarded as one of the best, and he's 25 years old. And last year was just a nightmarish season where he had a ton of injuries and nothing went right. Even during his rehab, he got hurt. I don't know how you judge him off last year. He only played 28 games, and those 28 games were miserable where he batted 156, uh, through 28 games. He struck out almost 30% of the time, and he barely walked. But I think he, when he came back, also, he was playing through the injury. Uh, but 2017 was not a bad year. It wasn't great. 253, 16 homers, 29 steals, 51 ribbies. A lot of Buxton's value, too, is also tied to the batting order, which, as I, I've mentioned before, the way this Twins lineup is situated right now, my guess is he hits at the bottom of the order to start. Now, they don't have a prototypical leadoff guy. I think they'll use Jorge Polanco for now, but it's not like he's the ideal leadoff guy. So if Buxton does get off to a hot start, I could see them moving him up top. But for the beginning of the season, I think he hits nine. I also saw a good article on him, and you know he was hitting early in the offseason. Like he started hitting in October. He didn't want to wait till January. He put on 21 pounds in the upper half of his body. He obviously wants to stay healthy, and it was a bad year. And he was also pretty upset about not being called up in September when rosters expanded uh, and, and the Twins didn't do that. So 
The problem is with these springs, it pushes guys up draft boards. I'm very interested to see where Buxton goes in drafts over the next week because it might get to a point, too, where it's ridiculous. People will overrate the spring for sure. And Buxton is a guy that you do want to see do well. But as I've said before, I don't want to see players I like have a great spring. I know it sounds crazy, but I don't want their draft stock pushed up because people take the spring too seriously, especially in drafts. Just especially now with social media and everything getting out, and we're going to see video, we're going to see stats, people are going to be talking about him, people are going to get excited, and he's going to move up the draft board once again. So one of the benefits of doing in these early drafts is you get Buxton before he hits the playing field in round 12, round 13. I'm I'm going to be very interested to see here in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational, like where does he start to go? How far does he move up based on this spring? And it's going to happen. There's going to be people in every draft who get excited and push him up, and especially if he continues to tear it up. And he's had a ridiculous start to the spring with five for five, two homers, and 10 RBIs. So I do think there's there's still some ability there, but I'm just hoping that it doesn't come to the point where the price goes up really high and then you're priced out and you feel like it's too much risk at that point. When we return, I'll be joined by Gene McCaffrey of The Athletic. We'll talk more baseball with him. That's ahead right here. Scout Fantasy Sports on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back here at Scout Fantasy Sports, Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget, check me out, scoutfantasysports.com. Our fantasy baseball draft kit is loaded with great content, and you can check it out now using the promo code BATS50 to get 50% off your first two months. Joining me now to talk some baseball, it is Gene McCaffrey. You can now find him at theathletic.com. Gene, what's going on? Hey, Adam, nice to be here. Thanks for having me. No problem, man. Always good to talk to you. And finally, we got some games underway and uh, already people tweeting about performances. And someone I was just talking about is Byron Buxton. Off to a great start this spring. Five for five, two homers, 10 RBIs. Where were you on Buxton going into the year? Was he someone that you thought was a good value? Or do you still have some skepticism about him since he has been a, a disappointing player at times? Well, I wanted no part of him last year because I thought he was way overpriced. I mean, I right from the start, I kind of said this guy is B.J., excuse me, Melvin Upton, Upton and um, he's going so far down this year, though, that he's starting to get interesting to me. Um, as long as I, I would take a shot with him now, as long as I could get him, say, as my fourth outfielder, which is possible, but I think he's starting to creep up. People are starting to remember, you know, I think he's going to see some helium as this, you know, as we get closer to the opening day. Yeah, so it's I'm certainly probably cer- not going to be in on him. Yeah, it certainly feels that way. I was able to get him round twelve, round thirteen in the fifteen team early NFBC draft champions, and I'm fine taking him in that spot. Right. But you know how people yeah, are. Yeah, that's they have, fine. Yeah, and they, but I'm afraid because you're 
people did us a favor last year because I was like, all right, I want some bucks. And he started going around three. I said, no way. Thanks, guys. You're saving me for myself. And they obviously did. Yeah. I mean, it kind of happens every year, especially with the big speed guys. I I don't know what it is. There's a sort of a psychological thing that, you know, the year before it was Jonathan VR. They just kept pushing him and pushing him and pushing him. He's going to the second round by opening day. And they're like, oh, okay, take him. Doing me a favor. That's right. Yeah, that's the way I look at it. Uh, interesting that you bring that up because I think one of the more intriguing players this year is Alberto Mondesi. We're seeing him go very early in drafts. I've seen him go late second, early third round. In my great fantasy baseball invitational, he went 3-14. I haven't found myself wanting to take him. And I, I don't know, like I don't have a strong stance on him. I'm still trying to kind of figure it out because I see the upside of him, but I also see a lot of downside and maybe VR of a couple years ago might be a good comparison. Where do you fall on the Mondesi scale? I'm a little on the high side with Mondesi, which might surprise you, but I think he's going to hit for batting average. And if he hits for batting average, you know, say 260, 270, um, he's going to be a stud. I think all the projections I've seen, I think, are way low on his SBs. They're calling him like 40 to 45. I think that's low. But all the projections think he's going to hit, you know, 20 to 22 home runs. I think that's legit. I think he's going to be at the top of the order. Um, it's a little risky to take him, you know, at the end of the third round and the fourth round. Um, but I don't think you're going to get hammered if you do that. And there's plenty of upside. So I, I'm not going to knock anybody that does that. Yeah, I, I could see it. I see that side because we know the Royals are going to be aggressive on the base pass. And Montesi is a guy that has a lot of speed. I, I see them letting him play. I don't think there's a risk for him losing his job because this is a team that isn't going anywhere. So I definitely see the upside. I just haven't been able to take him in a draft just yet. Uh, talking to Gene McCaffrey, you can find him at theathletic.com. Clayton Kershaw is very intriguing right now. You know, he's been going generally in the third round of drafts, but he has really fallen over the last day or so. I am uh, in the great fantasy baseball invitation right now. And in round six, he is still on the board at pick 78. Where is this point where you feel comfortable taking him? Maybe not comfortable, but you would take a shot on him. Yeah, comfortable is the word, and I, I would not take him at 78 now. I mean, maybe, you know, in a couple of weeks this will all look foolish, um, but, you know, I, I just can't. At 78, he's your number two pitcher, or if not your number one pitcher, and I just can't do it. I just, there's too many guys out there that are, that I like that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take that chance at this stage of the game. I mean, you may get nothing from him now, and that's that's too much to too much to risk. I think. I agree, and apparently everyone in my league agrees as well because they keep passing on him, and uh, I will not take him in the sixth round either. I just think there's a little risk, and you're right. We might look back in two weeks and say, "Oh, what we were thinking? It was just a normal spring soreness, and he's fine." But I think there's too many red flags there with Kershaw. So, hey, if I'm wrong and someone else gets him, I'll just say, good job. Uh, but it's not something I'm going to do at this point. Uh, in the first yeah, round, well, I don't you know, know. Go ahead. I was going to say, you know, in any draft, you're not getting 14 out of 15 players or 11 out of 12 anyway. You've got to make sure with the guys that you get, especially, you know, in those early rounds. Let somebody else have them. There's somebody there who's going to be you know, comparable to the Clayton Kershaw of old or the Clayton Kershaw of 180 innings like that. You know, make sure the guys you get, you can count on. 
We've seen uh, pitching get pushed up the board a little bit more this year in some of the industry drafts. Obviously, in the NFBC, it's kind of been a staple the last few years. People have been taking the pitching early. Do you think there's an overreaction to it this year, or do you think it's justified with uh, some of the arms going early? Well, in general, I've been for it for a long time. Um, It may be getting to the point where you can back off a little bit, uh, but I still think you'd need two aces. I think it's possible to back off a little bit and maybe get one ace and then wait a few rounds and see if you can get like Zach Wheeler as your number two. Um, that's a good thing to do or, or back up with two or three. But once you get past those elite pitchers, those kind of pitchers that are in the middle, um, you know, the Carlos Martinez, the Berrios, uh, um, Luis Castillo, there's a lot of risk in those guys, and they're. Um, I think I'm going to go either just take two guys that I consider to be aces, or try to hold back and get a Zach Wheeler, maybe a tie on. Although he's starting to, he's really climbing up the boards too. Um, but in general, I'm in favor of getting good pitching early, and it's so important. You mentioned Wheeler, and he had a tremendous year last year, especially the second half. I think there's still people that are going to be skeptical because he's just had so many injuries, and they'll look at the innings and say, well, I want to see him do it again. Sounds like you are on the opposite side of that. Why is it a mistake for people to potentially pass on Wheeler uh, not buying into last season? Well, it may not be a mistake, but, you know, he was hurt, but those injuries are, you know, a few years behind us now. They babied him coming back. I think it's worth taking the shot that the baby pays off. As And, you know, it's not that he just looked pretty good. As you said, he looked fantastic at the end of last year. And that's the sort of lightning in the bottle that wins your leagues. Yeah, and he certainly won people leagues last year. He went very late in drafts. And if you held on to him, he certainly helped lead people to championships. Uh, what are your thoughts on Javier Baez this year? I've seen him go late first round, early second round. Other drafts fall late second round. I think some people have some doubts about him probably because of his batting profile where he doesn't walk much, chases a lot of pitches, but we saw him put up uh, great numbers last year and improve each year and is still a young player. Are you uh, thinking Baez is a good early second-round pick or someone that's more suited for late second, early third round? Definitely early second round. I think especially if you're playing in a league with a bunch of sabermetricians because there's really very little correlation between your ability to hit, and your walk rate. Um, the, the correlation in batting average is about 4 or 5%. Um, yeah, they're going to throw you strikes, and he's going to swing at some pitches that he shouldn't swing at. But Adam, he had 80 extra base hits not walking. It's part of his profile. He's a great hitter. Um, he's got power that probably hasn't peaked. He's got speed that probably hasn't peaked. Um, I'm all in on him. To me, he's a true first-rounder. I have no problem taking him, you know, 13, 14 like that. Another guy in that similar category is Trevor Story, and I think there's some people that have some concerns about him. I don't. I like Story. I would take him in the early second round, half his games at cores, the speed. Uh, we've seen him improve and cut down the strikeouts. How do you compare Story to Baez? Very similar. Um, I might even like story a little bit better because of the course factor. What I really like about him is that he changed his approach with two strikes. Two years ago, you got him to two strikes. He was an automatic out, you know, just go sit down Trevor. 
Um, last year, he raised his average with two strikes by 80 points. Um, that's a, you know that was a conscious effort that he made. Cut down on his swing a little bit. The average came up. Um, his sprint speed is elite. His stolen base percentage is elite. Every one of his 27 stolen bases is bettable, I think. Um, I think that he's going to have at least as good a year this year as last year. Talking to Gene McCaffrey, you can find him at theathletic.com. Uh, what player going in the first round concerns you the most that you feel that maybe they're overpriced in the first round? Is there anyone that stands out to you where you're on the board and you go, I just can't take this guy in the first round. I don't think he's worth it. Well, nobody that I would say is not worth it. Um, I think there's a little bit of risk maybe with J.D. Martinez. Um, maybe. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't bet on it, but most of the guys who were going in the first round, I think all the guys who were going in the first round and some of the guys going in the second round are guys that we would have no trouble taking in the first round in the year past. We're just in that particular year where there's a lot of guys who are what I call true first-rounders. You know, there's maybe 18 or 19 of them to the point where I want to pick in a 15-team league. I think I want to pick 11th or 12th because I can get two of them. Yeah, and that's why I picked 12th in this uh, fantasy baseball invitation. I was able to get two good players that I'm pretty happy with. Bryce Harper, we're starting to see him go in the middle of the second round. Is it because he doesn't have a home yet? Although it looks like their reports are saying he should sign sometime this week. A lot of the indication is it will be Philadelphia. We know Harper's upside, but one season he's really returned that first round value. Is Harper beginning to be a bargain in the middle of the second round? Or are you still a little bit skeptical of him? A little bit skeptical at that point. I mean, at the end of the second round, I think... I start to uh, get itchy for him. Um, it depends. You know, it depends on who you got in the first round, I think. And, you know, if you got a pitcher in the first round, I think I'm looking for more stability. If I got a, a, a hitter in the second round and I wanted to hammer, you know, on base percentage, if I was in an on, on base percentage league and wanted to get some power, I would take him, uh, I'd consider him more seriously. But I'm a little worried about him because I think, you know, he pressed a lot last year, and he's pressing for a contract. He may press again this year, looking, you know, to um, to live up to the contract. Um, I'm a little awful. Yeah, it seems like kind of a lot of people feel that way now. Uh, I think one other area where you can get some value sometimes is these veteran players that people think are on the way down, but there's still something left. Because uh, people always are shooting yeah. for upside continuously. To me... One guy who falls in this category is Andrew McCutcheon. I mean, to me, he's going to a good park, good for right-handed power, and I still think there's something left there. Uh, what do you think about McCutcheon for the upcoming year? I really like him. Um, I noticed I just did a piece for The Athletic in which I was talking about um, projections, and one of the things about projections that I don't like is that they're so innately conservative. But I noticed that with McCutcheon, all of the – the major systems that I looked at were calling him to bounce back pretty strongly this year. And with those systems being so conservative, I think they're trying to tell us that a big year is coming for McCutcheon. He's in a great lineup spot. He's in a better favorable home run park. He's a really smart baseball player. I know that's unsavory metric, but he gives himself every edge. Um, and I'm, I'm high on McCutcheon this year. I want him. Yeah, and you'll get him at a good price. I mean, he's not expensive 
at all right now. So uh, he's he's a nice value if you are on him. So you shouldn't have to overpay for him based on all the drafts that I've seen so far. How do you? What's the best way to utilize projection systems in your mind? Well, you know, I try to look at them. Most of the time, you could probably do this too, is you know what the projections are going to be before you even see them. You know, you consider the player, you consider his age, you consider what he's done in the past. And, you know, they're going to have him up a little bit. They're going to have him down a little bit. Um, I, what I use them for is I, I look for anomalies. I look for weird things. You know, like if this system has them way from a dis- from another system, I why is that? Because they're all pretty much the same. Um, so I look for anomalies in them and, and see if there's anything exploitable in that. As I mentioned with uh, with McCutcheon or another guy like you're talking about, a veteran of Robinson Cano. You know, all the projections systems have him hitting 280. Uh, why? You know, he's a 304 hitter. He lost nothing. You know, we've seen, we've had enough years with PED suspensions to know that when these guys come back, they haven't lost a thing and they don't lose anything. So he's another example of a boring veteran who's, you know, whose boring year-to-year production is pretty elite. Um, he's another guy who's high on my list in that range of, uh, of you know, old guy. Yeah, I think sometimes people forget that having a high floor with a player that doesn't, stand out in any one category can be just as important to building a solid fantasy baseball team. Like you don't need the sexy home run player with every single pick. And I think a lot of time that gets lost on people. Yeah. I mean, everybody wants the guy who's going to outdo his projections or, you know, take it one step further. And you're the guy who wants the, the guy who's not going to live up to his projections, but the guys who are going to do exactly what they're projected to do are also important. And, and, uh, He's one of those guys who's actually going to, I think, do better than his projection. So, um, you know, he's a Hall of Famer, or he was until he got busted. And until he got busted, there's no doubt about it. Hall of Famers don't usually use it at 35. They usually have another great year in him. And he's a a damn good bet to have one more, at least one more good year. Do you see yourself taking Vladimir Guerrero Jr. this year in the third, early fourth round? Yeah, you know, I love him. I think I'm going to watch it from the sidelines. There's so much talent at third base. Um, you know, I, I, he's got to he's got to live up to every bit of his, you know, his his hype, which I think in time he will. But you know, I'm a little conservative when it comes to guys that haven't had a major league at bat yet. I also think his body is more Carl's Jr. than Vlad Jr. Yeah, I mean, and we, he should be up relatively quickly. That's the other thing. Uh, I think we all expect him to be up mid-April, but uh, you are certainly paying a high price for him compared to a guy like Eloy Jimenez, who's going several rounds later and maybe puts up similar numbers potentially, right? Yeah, I mean, I, he's the kind of guy that I'd like to have on one team, but I'm not gonna, uh, I'm not gonna go all out on him. Gene, always good talking to you. Let people know what where they can find you and what you have coming up and what you have on the site now. Well, I got a bunch of stuff on the athletic. Now my column uh, prints every Tuesday. So that will be tomorrow. Uh, what I'm going to do for tomorrow is I'm looking at the concept of tears and meshing that with position scarcity. If that tantalizes your listeners, I hope. Well, Gene, always good talking to you and we will talk soon and good luck for this upcoming season. Yeah, you too, Adam. Thanks for having me. 
No problem. Again, Gene McCaffrey, find him at theathletic.com. When we return, I'll wrap it up taking a look at the night in NBA DFS here on Scout Fantasy Sports. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back here, Scout Fantasy Sports. Adam Ron is here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Find me, ScoutFantasySports.com. Our fantasy baseball draft kit is on fire. Tons of great content. If you can't win or compete using our draft kit, then I don't know what to tell you because there's so much good, valuable information here. My rankings are up, updated frequently. So just check back right before your draft, before you make the final printout, because there will be changes. You want to make sure you have the most updated list. Enter the promo code BATS50 for 50% off your first two months. And also don't forget, uh, playffwc.com, beat Adam Ronan, Scout 44, beat Dr. Otto, MLB uh, 88, slow drafts, four-hour clock, 12-team leagues, 44 rounds. All you do is set your lineup. No waiver wire moves, no trades. So... Easy maintenance, so you can jump on that today. Uh, busy night in the NBA tonight, an 11-game slate, and still some news that is still not out. And uh, I will repeat, you have to be on top of all the late-breaking news. You have to have that hour available before lineup lock. We can help you out at scoutdfs.com. We have an optimizer that updates as soon as news breaks. You just make sure you hit the refresh button. Make sure if a player's ruled out, they're not in there. I always do that. I check. Uh, you know, sometimes it'll take a minute or two, but it's pretty quick. You know, if the news breaks, it shouldn't take longer than five minutes for that player to be out. Uh, and you can just look and make sure that that player is out and uh, who his replacement is. It depends on the team that their projection is in there at a higher number. Uh, and even if you're on a site with late lineup swap, you got to pay attention. It's even more important there because you can – you know, have a leg up on a good portion of the field. Now there's going to be a lot of people that pay attention and have the same player or uh, make a similar move, but there's going to be a lot of people that just kind of set it and leave on a late swap site. So you can gain an advantage there. Uh, I mentioned last week, uh, I did that with Kelly Oubre when he was in the starting lineup. He was a good play to me anyway, but once he's in the starting lineup, then you're pretty much uh, a short of 32 to 33 minutes. And he was a cheap price that night. Take a look at the slate for tonight. Golden State is in Charlotte, 7 p.m. Eastern. Vegas total 233. Warriors favored by eight. Draymond Green got hurt the other night, but he is listed as probable. So the issue with Golden State is when they're completely healthy, it's really difficult to kind of decide, okay, who's the best play here? So, you know, you can always use Curry and Durant in tournaments because they're capable of going off at any point. And they're pretty affordable in DraftKings. Curry's 9-3, Durant's 9-4. Really not priority targets for me tonight, but it's hard to rule any of them out. DeMarcus Cousins has been struggling a little bit lately, and his price has gone up. He's 8 on DK, 8-3 on Fandle, so probably not looking at him tonight. But if I'm looking at anyone on this team, it's Durant and Curry in tournaments. For Charlotte, they always play much better at home. They're 8th place in the Eastern Conference, so a uh, tough spot for them here. Not anyone that I love tonight. 
I mean, Kemba Walker, you can always look at in a tournament. He's 89 on DK, 92 on FanDuel. Nicholas Batum is still cheap on DK at 47. We have seen Miles Bridges enter the starting lineup. He didn't do much his last game. He is cheap, but I'm not really looking at him. So uh, really not too much that I like uh, on that slate tonight uh, for um, uh, for that game uh, so far. Indiana is at Detroit tonight. Uh, we still are waiting in news on this game. Detroit's favored by two and a half, and the Vegas total is two twelve and a half. Miles Turner is questionable. Tyreek Evans is questionable. I did see something from Turner where it, it sounded like he was more likely to return on Wednesday than tonight. So we have seen this when Miles Turner is out. Demonte Sabonis has big games, so uh, I think Sabonis uh, is in play. It is not the best matchup. They do a good job in Detroit against the power forward position. So keep that in mind. I don't think he's as must-play as he has been other nights. And the salary is 63 on DK, 66 on FanDuel. Uh, And if Evans is out, Darren Collison gets a slight boost. He's 58 on DK, 63 on FanDuel. So it's sounding like Turner's not going to play. Not sure about Evans, so that's something to keep an eye on. For Detroit, it's usually either Blake Griffin or Andre Drummond. Uh, The the price discrepancies, though, it depends on the site. So Drummond is 10-6 on FanDuel, 9 on DK. Like him better on DK. He's cheaper, and obviously the double double is always in play with him, and you get the bonus points for that on DK. Uh, Blake Griffin is 88 on Fandle, 91 on DK. So both are in play. Reggie Jackson, I know, had a really good game last time out, uh, but Ish Smith is back, and that's cutting into his minutes a little bit. So really difficult for me to trust him. Uh, he did have a he was low on the other night and went off, and he is cheap, but uh, not looking to get him in uh, in tonight's slate at this moment. Uh, again, everything can change based on what news we get later on. Portland is in Cleveland, 7 p.m. Eastern. Portland favored by 9.5. Vegas totals 2.24. Evan Turner has been ruled out for Portland. Uh, I think Portland should be uh, – they should have a comfortable win here. Um, Damian Lillard is 92 on DK, 10-1 on Fandle. So he'll be low-owned because uh, I – don't think many people are going to look at the Blazers tonight because of uh, the matchup here and potential blowout. So uh, I'm not looking. I don't think I'm going to have Lillard tonight, uh, but he's certainly in play. Uh, Nurkic is 79 on DK, 87 on Vandal. I think there's some other centers that I like. So uh, and McCollum, as I mentioned, this guy I really don't play much. I know he occasionally has the good game, but it is a good matchup. But I don't think there's a need to go to him tonight. For Cleveland, Tristan Thompson is out. Uh, not a lot that I like here. I have been using Colin Sexton a little bit. He's 51 on DK, 55 on Vandal. He's been cheap on Yahoo, uh, but not a great matchup here tonight. You know, Kevin Love had, had a really good game last time out, but only played 26 minutes. Uh, and I I'm, still don't want to use him until I start to see the minutes go up. So, again, not a game here where I like too much either. Phoenix is at Miami. Uh, Miami's favored by eight and a half. The Vegas total is two fifteen and a half. Uh, the Suns, uh, it's a tough matchup here. Um, Tyler Johnson, if you're into the revenge game narrative, there you go. Going up against his forward team. He's 48 on DK, 56 on FanDuel. He's coming off uh, his best game of the season with the Suns. Uh, Devin Booker is always capable of going off, uh, but don't love the matchup. Uh, we'll see if Kelly Oubre is in the starting lineup. So, not much here. Miami, I really don't love this game. I think it's going to be a, a slow-paced game. 
Uh, I think this game probably goes under. So not much I like on the Phoenix side. For Miami, Justice Winslow is doubtful. James Johnson is doubtful as well. Uh, we saw Goran Dragic come back the other night, but he was on a minutes restriction. So that uh, means it's tough to play him. Uh, I think Hassan Whiteside is interesting in tournaments. He's always difficult to predict. He's coming off a really good game. But as we know, the minutes just haven't been there. There's been too many nights where he plays 23, 24 minutes, which means it's risky to use him in cash. But I actually might get him in one of my tournament lineups tonight in Yahoo because he's cheap there too. I think he's 23, 24, somewhere in that range. He's 66 on DK, 72 on Fandle. But remember, there's a lot of volatility there. If you're using one lineup, I don't think I would use him. If you have a few lineups and you want to get some exposure to him because I think he should still be low-owned when people see that game log. They're going to be reluctant to go to him, but this is a really good matchup where even if he gets 25 minutes, especially early on, he has the ability to put up uh, you know, 40, 45 fantasy points. So uh, this is one of those nights where I would consider Whiteside in some tournament lineups. San Antonio is in Brooklyn, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Nets are favored by 1.5. Vegas total 232.5. Spurs played last night and lost to the Knicks. Just an embarrassing loss for them. Uh, they just haven't been playing well lately. They're 4-6. and six. In their last 10, and they're fighting for a playoff spot there in the Western Conference. They've kind of come back to that Clippers, Lakers, Kings uh, area. So they really need a win here tonight. Brooklyn's been playing well. They're tough. Um, DeMar DeRozan had a big game last night. It's a good matchup. Uh, he is a little pricey, but I think he's in play. 85 on DK, 84 on FanDuel. LaMarcus Aldridge uh, was in foul trouble, had an illness the other day. Uh, we know bigs against the Nets uh, are something that we like to exploit. Um, I wouldn't have a lot of exposure to him. He's 75 on DK, eight on FanDuel um, tonight. So uh, I would, I would. Uh, he's on the lower tier of considering players for me tonight. I don't think I'll have too much of him. For the Nets, uh, D'Angelo Russell's always in play in tournaments. We saw him go off the other night on his birthday. He's 84 on DK, 91 on FanDuel. Wouldn't use him in cash, uh, but uh, certainly in tournaments and. Again, with the Nets, it's so tough uh, with so many guys uh, that they have back now. Uh, Karis LeVert disappointed the other night. He's 54 on DK, 57 on FanDuel. He has been starting, so he's not a bad tournament play, but not much on the Nets that I like here tonight. Sacramento is at Minnesota. The Vegas total in this one is 237, and Minnesota's favored by 2.5. Uh, for the Kings, I think Marvin Bagley, you got to consider in tournaments. This guy's just been crushing it lately, even coming off the bench. His price has gone up, but he, he's 65 at DK, 74 in Fandle. Uh, but I, he's just been going off, and it's a good matchup. So definitely would consider him. I like Buddy Heald in tournaments tonight. He's been hot, and this is a matchup where he could potentially uh, get going. He's 66 on DK, 7 on Fandle. And uh, Bogdanovic on DK is not a bad price at 5000 either uh, for the Kings tonight. Again, this is a pretty good matchup for them, uh, but they do play several guys. But Bagley's probably my favorite play. For Minnesota, what we're watching is Jeff Teague. He's listed as questionable. He's got knee soreness and a hand injury. Uh, he was limited the other night. Robert Covington's still out. So if Teague is out, you got to like Derrick Rose. I mean, Derrick Rose has even played well as the backup to Teague, but if he's going to start tonight, he's 54 in DK, 55 on FanDuel. So I'm sure a lot of people will go to him, but don't worry about it. Find a way to differentiate yourself elsewhere. I think he's a really good play tonight. I mean, if Teague played, I liked him. I was considering him on Yahoo, but it doesn't look like he's going to play. 
Uh, Carl Anthony Towns is going to return tonight. Uh, he had that car accident where his streak of playing in over, I think, 300 games. He had never missed a game in his career until uh, the last two. So uh, I'm sure he's good to go. And uh, certainly someone you could look at in tournaments tonight. 10-1 on DK, 10-8 on FanDuel. Philly is in New Orleans to take on the Pelicans. Still no Joel Embiid. He remains out. High total in this game, 238. Uh, looks like it's even now. I think I saw earlier in the day the Sixers were favored by one. So this is a game you definitely want to attack. There's some really good plays here tonight. Uh, Tobias Harris obviously sees a boost without Joel Embiid. He's 16 on DK, 74 on FanDuel. Ben Simmons is in play. Better price on DK at eight. He's nine on FanDuel. Jimmy Butler as well. I know he disappointed the last time out. But in this one, he should go off 71 on DK. You like that price. Uh, Boban Marjanovic, we saw him crush in his first start. He struggled last time out, and the price has gone up 55 on DK, 54 on Fandle. So not someone that you have to get in. It was easier the other night when he was close to the min price, uh, but not someone that you have to jam in there tonight. But uh, definitely want some exposure to Philly tonight. Uh, uh, but Boban actually could have a good game tonight. He'll be lower owned. So I think you could look at him in tournaments. For the Pelicans... Anthony Davis set out the back-to-back. He should play tonight, uh, but how can you trust him at this point? Uh, it's just really difficult. They're going to limit his minutes. They're going to limit Drew, Drew Holiday's minutes. So it's really hard for me to risk that. Uh, Alfred Payton had a really good game the other day. He's cheap. 48 on DK, 57 on Fandle. Certainly, you could look at him. And Julius Randle's in play. He's 7,800 on both sides. So those would be uh, the two that I look at for the Pelicans tonight. The Lakers... They're in Memphis. Lakers need a win after that terrible loss the other day to the Pelicans. Vegas totals 221. Lakers are favored by four and a half in this one. Uh, LeBron James certainly in play. You know, this is not uh, Memphis plays at a slow pace, but they're going to need LeBron. And uh, it's a row game here tonight. So LeBron James, not probably someone that I'm prioritizing, but I might get him in a lineup or two. The price has gone up. He's 11-2 on DK, 12 on FanDuel. And that's kind of about it. Maybe Kyle Kuzma, who's 62 on DK, 69 on FanDuel. But um, it's hard for me to trust Ingram. I know he had a really good game last time out, but uh, really not uh, a fan of much on that side. Tonight for Memphis, Jaron Jackson remains out with the quad injury. Mike Conley is listed as probable. And we've seen his minutes go down, and this is a team that's not really playing for much. So that's what's risky about Conley. Jonas Valchunas I like tonight. Good matchup here. He's 64 in DK, 60, uh, 76 on Fandle. He was really good the other day, so definitely think he's in play. Uh, Ivan Rab, I like his price more on Fandle. Uh, he's 46 on there, 56 on DK. Obviously, he should get some uh, playing time here with Jackson out. And Joachim Noah went off the other day. He's 46 on DK, 5 on Fandle when he's been getting the minutes. And even if he only gets 20 to 22 to 24 minutes, you know, he can uh, get the job done. So he's definitely someone that I'm considering uh, on DraftKings tonight. If you're looking for a punt play, DeLone Wright, he's 38 on DK, more expensive on Fandle. I wouldn't go there. I think you can get cheaper punt plays where you can drop the lower score on Fandle, but Wright, uh, certainly a punt play there on DK. Atlanta is at Houston tonight. Houston is favored by 10. The Vegas total is 232. Torian Prince is out for Atlanta dealing with a personal issue, so he will not play tonight. Kevin Huter returns to the starting lineup. Ken Bazemore has been playing very well lately. Uh, he is 
54 in DK, 56 on FanDuel. So he's someone that you can consider tonight if he's going to play around 30 to 32 minutes. So I take a look at him. Trey Young, you could always look at in tournaments. He's been playing well lately. Uh, but, you know, he gets Chris Paul, who's not what he was, but still not the best matchup. But he's 8,200 on both sides. Not someone that I think you have to get in, but in tournaments, certainly in play. James Harden is probable, so it looks like he will play tonight. Uh, I'm not going to spend up for Harden. I mean, it's a great matchup. I just worry if they do have a big lead, do they pull him early? But then again, it's Harden. They never do that. If he plays, he should be good. 11-4 DK, 12-5 on FanDuel. Um, Chris Paul is still in play. He's 83 on DK, 84 on FanDuel. Obviously, he put up the big numbers without Harden, though. So uh, I still might use him, but I liked him much better with Harden out. Same thing with Eric Gordon. Uh, he was a much better play without Harden, but it sounds like Harden's going to play tonight. Milwaukee is at Chicago. This is an important game here, 8 p.m. Eastern, because it sounds like Giannis is not going to play. If that happens... We know that we, there's a lot of value here for the Bucks tonight. They'll be popular plays, too. Eric Bledsoe, 64 on DK, 69 on FanDuel. Chris Middleton, probably my favorite guy, especially on DK at 63. Seven on FanDuel. They're, they'll both be in play tonight. You can take a look at Malcolm Brogdon as well. 54 on DK, 62 on FanDuel. For the Bulls, Chris Dunn is doubtful. Otto Porter is doubtful tonight for the Bulls. So that's uh, Zach Levine. You know, he's going to take more shots, 74 on DK, 8 on FanDuel. Laurie Marketing, who's been tearing it up. Price has gone up, 89 on FanDuel, 7,900 on uh, DK. I do like him. Uh, Robin Lopez has played well, 4,100 on DK if you're looking to save some salary there. Dallas is at the Clippers. Uh, Dallas will have Luka Doncic back tonight. He's expected to play against the Clippers. You can look at him in tournaments. For the Clippers, uh, who played yesterday, uh, Lou Williams Always playable in GPPs as well as Montrezl Harrells. That is the final game of the night, 10.30 p.m. Eastern. So make sure you pay attention to all the last-minute news. Go to ScoutDFS.com. The lineup optimizer as well as the Slack chat will help you out there. And ScoutFantasySports.com for your fantasy baseball draft prep. Use the promo code BATS50. Get 50% off your first two months. That wraps it up here. I'll be back Tuesday with Dr. Otto, 2 p.m. Eastern here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.